Hang on, hang on, hang on. Before we get to the show, I just want to say that this was my first surprise, surprise time having a co-host on my show that was outside of the same room. So there were some technical difficulties. And of course, in the editing, I forgot to do a couple of other things to make sure that there was quality audio for the conversation. Now, the conversation only lasts about 18 to 20 minutes. So if you want to go ahead and skip to that part, that's okay. You'll just find me talking in the uh, in good quality audio. But if you want to sit in and listen to our actually pretty insightful conversation, you may have to turn down the volume a little bit. Just a little warning. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Motorsports. I am your host, The Big Ticket, here to talk to you about all things motorsports and motorsports related content. Uh, there are two versions of the show. If you want to check out the audio version, head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you choose to listen. I'm available on all platforms. If you also want to check out the video version and see my pretty face, head on over to YouTube.com slash Tyreek Waldron. That's T-A-R-I-G-W-A-L-D-R-O-N. Um, or just look up Let's Talk Motorsports in the search bar. There will be links in the description of the video version, and I will leave a link for the audio version as well. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, feel free to hit me up on Twitter at TheBigTicket07. And now, moving on to the show. With me today, after some technical difficulties, I got my main man, Mark, right here. He was the big homie, but not he little, but he back being big. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, first of all, let's establish number one. Yo. Yo, 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 this is my first, this is a solo podcast. I don't have guests on here. Alright? How you gonna take my show? Alright, alright. Okay. This guy, how was it being disrespectful? I said you was big, homie. Then you got little, but now you back big again. <laughs> and there was a point in our in our friendship where I was like four inches ahead of you, bro. Now it's like two. Uh, yeah. So six foot three is not tall. Okay, cool. All right. Because <laughs> I'm not bony. Because I'm not bony. Yeah, I'm not skinny. All right, I'm not skinny. I'm well built. That's all it means. Anyway. <laughs> After the technical difficulties, jumping into our first major topic of the show, talking about Fernando Alonso and his return to F1. Mark, who is Fernando? You know what I'm saying? What are his accomplishments in F1 and how does he plan on making this return and making his name great again? All right, well, for the second time, <laughs> Fernando Alonso, uh, 
He is 39 years of age. He got two times underneath his belt. My man is nice. He's a new piece of a class. You know what I'm saying? Of echelon. He ain't a regular dude. He's not a regular man. That man's of the echelon. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, you know, so that's pretty much the All right, bet, bet. 2005 and 2006, right? That was the titles. Yeah. yeah. But my God, it's not just titles, it's world titles. Like, you know what I'm saying? It ain't just titles. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, Mark is just a title. You know what I'm saying? It's a title. Sir is just a title, but he got a world title. World title. Like, it's global. You know what I'm saying? It's a so Fernando is a 32-time winner, okay, in F1 altogether. And as you already stated, he's a two-time world champion. <laughs> All right. Um, now he's making his uh, his segue back into F1. Talk about talk about you know um, the teams that he's with. Talk about whatever uh, goals that he may have for the comeback, uh, anything like that. Damn. Renault. Hey. It's Renault. Hey, Renault. Yeah, <laughs> not, the first, not the first time, but treating on the Nintendo Liberal team. <laughs> <laughs> but how about, um, yeah, my man, like, yo, the, the debate and the argument was going on now. Why are we even having the show? Because the fact that there's a whole thing where you got, because of COVID, there is no time for training. The only time for, my fact, excuse me, the only time for training is the day before the event. Like, Excuse me? Like, okay. <laughs> like, let's, say, let's say, like, we're having a tournament in video games, right? Just video games. Mm-hmm. Again, like, the fact that, obviously, I can die in a video game and come back, but this is a race car driver, so if you die, there's no, there's no restart button, by the way. It's just, you know, it's a top shot. So, I can, I can spend one day playing a video game, and I would not be nice. I would be mediocre trash. I'll be on that level. <laughs> okay. But this guy is going to race a whole... He's gonna race a whole race car. You know what I'm saying? That's moving at a different speed than regular cars here, and it's the day before to train. Uh, man, this is kind of unsafe. I mean, everybody's at this event comes to this. You know what I'm saying? So to me, it's unsafe, and it's like not even unsafe to the point where it's like someone's gonna get hurt, but to the point where like uh, you can't perform at your peak level. It needs to be, especially for a race. You know what I'm saying? That takes a lot, a long period of time to train for and get ready for mentally. Uh, spiritually and physically, you know, muscle memory, all kind of stuff. So, you know, that's, that's what's going on right now. So, it's crazy. Hmm. Um. Well, I know they try to do it with uh, simulation and stuff like that. Um, there's plenty of guys, there's, there's plenty of money, millions invested into simulations to where it feels damn near real. Um. Uh, there's a Oh my goodness! Uh, yeah, I got you. I've I've seen perfect moments of that. Nah, we don't need to talk about it. We don't need to talk about it. I don't do sports. I drive. All right, meet me on the track, boy. <laughs> Nah, I'm talking about the real race tracks. <laughs> YouTube syndrome. I've actually raced, Mark. I've actually raced. Yes, cars. I've done drag racing and I've done rally. 
No, no. I feel you. I got you. I got you on that. That's where I think the like the difference in it all. Simulation is cool. It's like it's something. It's just something. It's not. It's better than nothing. You know what I'm saying? But it's something. But it's not quite the same thing. I feel you. Know, you. As actual, you know, yeah. training. You know what I'm saying? Real seat time is always the best seat time. I feel you. Shit, playing dirt four don't mean nothing when you actually out there. I learned that shit the hard way. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> nah, it took like six months before I had any real incident. Um, anyway, moving on to yes, nigga, I was I was good, I was good. <laughs> moving on to Honda and uh, their leave of uh, F1. You know, for the twenty after the 2021 season, they have now decided that they are no longer going to participate in Formula One. Honestly, that's a big loss for everyone, Mark. How you feel? Talk about it. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Production Reek here. Just giving y'all the update on what you're about to see next. Because I don't know how exactly we got into the fact of Formula One canceling the whole 2021 season. That would probably never happen. <laughs> um, unless something, could, some, some, some catastrophic changes were to occur but i don't think that would ever happen so i didn't catch it during but i caught it after in editing so this is the result of that sorry hey yo i look i told you before before obviously you know got on this um, about like i'm gonna compare it to the nba because the nba is more so my my strong suit you know what i'm saying that's what i i play basketball well, I play maybe past tense. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I have, I have experience in that. So this season, uh, they were, the Lakers and the Clippers were deciding to opt out of the season uh, of the bubble, in a sense, right? But they didn't decide to play. My prediction was if they did not uh, play, if they did opt out and they did not play at all, mm-hmm. the season would have been canceled. Or at least if it was not canceled, many would not tune in or count it as a real championship, whoever won. Because, however, the two uh, two most popular teams in order the favorites to win the championship were not even in the league in the first place, then nobody would have counted in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, in a sense of looking like this, Honda, what is Lakers for the NBA? Honda is for the motorsport. Okay. <laughs> so, they more like the Clippers, but okay. Should the F1 be terminated for the 2021 season? 
because of Honda. My thing, even though I equate it to that, my thing is no. The reason why I say no is because of the fact that with COVID that's going on right now, everybody's at home, and it's like a depressing mood out in the air. Obviously, you can see the skies and everything looks like it's normal, but it's something in the air that's just depressing. Okay. You know everybody's at home, everybody's in the crib university. I'm in the crib university. You see my, my school right now? This is my class. <laughs> so, likewise, we have the crib university. So, being that we're all at the crib right now, the last thing we need is our sports and our entertainment being canceled. Mm-hmm. Right? So the best thing for, in my opinion, for the F1 and for what Rebels going to do is to keep it uh, keep it up, you know what I'm saying? Keep it running, uh, regardless of Honda not being there. But Honda not being there, remember, it's not because, of, again, the COVID, anything like that. Honda, what they're doing is they're taking their best of their time. Because, like I said before, like they're not, they weren't there for a long time. They weren't there for a good time. So whatever title they did, they, 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 you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not there. Uh, uh, taking that, oh yeah, we're going to be here longevity. So they took their money, their investments, and they're putting it into uh, 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 fuel cell and battery operating vehicles mm-hmm. uh, to further technology. Because what they got now, you know what I'm saying, is not up to date on what they need to be. So it, it, their mindset is like, okay, if we're going to showcase, because a lot of people even invest even uh, in the motorsport industry because to showcase what they got and to, um, to test technology. So if they cannot invest in the technology they're looking for, why even participate in the motorsport? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I feel. So I mean, said, okay, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna. I, I'm not sure they're coming back. I mean, I'm. I'm. Obviously, I'm hoping they're gonna come back eventually. Uh-huh. But that's another conversation. But still, <laughs> I'm hoping that they, when they do come back, they'll have you know what they what they need to be, and they being if they if they are are where they need to be during that time they do come back, then let's hope they're here for a long time and not just a good time. You know what I'm saying? They're not just here for the one night. You know what I'm saying? Just, you know, after the club. You know what I'm saying? They're saying, just, you know, hey, how you doing? You know, I'm out of here. They've done anything. They've got out the bed. They left the coffee there. They walked out the door. They said, all right, I'm done. You know what I'm saying? Let's hope next time they get married. You know what I'm saying? Okay, I, I feel. I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. It's just that metaphor is just, was just out there, <laughs> but I like it. What? This guy. Alright, man. So, <laughs> uh, um. Now, I just want to uh, have some thoughts on Formula One altogether. Um, why do companies invest so much money into Formula One, and why do why why do so many companies invest into motorsports altogether? You know, with uh, all these manufacturers, um, how can Formula One necessarily limit how many factories how many manufacturers actually participate, and um, why would they do that? Also, yeah, throwing some new shit. <laughs> Who's able to come in and who's not 
that's about my pay grade. I gotta tell you before, I don't know if you started off this conversation or like, look, I got into this last week. This is you know what I'm saying? So, based upon my week of research, I think I'm doing pretty well. Okay. So far, pretty good, yeah, so far. Advanced level two question on me, that's, that's just wrong for that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I see you trying to do that. I see you trying to do it. You're threatening that I'm going to take your show. So, you're going to pick up an answer to make less of, like, look smarter than me. You realize I have a whole nother, like, hour worth of stuff outside of you, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that's probably the case. That's probably the case, but it's alright. It's alright. I'm gonna bring in different things to innovate, man. I'm gonna bring in different things to innovate and do what I gotta do to to, to get this show to the top. It's okay. I'm gonna start getting sponsors and all that stuff too. Ford, holla at me. Um <laughs> Oh man. It is a pleasure. I hope I didn't keep you because I know I kept you twice. It, but it is also it was, it's a pleasure to have you on the show, Mark. Um, whatever you got going on, man, feel free. Shout it out. Do what you got to do. All right, yo. YouTube. Uh, my YouTube page is not up yet, but it's in the works and it's coming. So by the time this gets big and y'all recognize that I'm the main guy of the show, uh, <laughs> it's going to be the Mark Vader. Uh, that's going to be my name. So mostly it may be music reviews or either gaming, who knows, but it may it's not gonna be some motorsports necessarily, it's not gonna be what Street is doing. But however, yo, you already know, you already know. This, this I'm taking the show anyway, so it's all <laughs> but uh Street has been a pleasure. Look, uh, you know, soon, you know, we have a collab that's coming up, you know what I'm saying, whether it be on my my channel or again on your channel, you're gonna want me again. I appreciate it. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Alright man, I'm most definitely looking forward to these collaborations, you know, if we go into the gaming or even the music, I don't know what songs you listen to, but if we have if we have that conversation, it will definitely be a, a hot debate. I'm waiting on that one. Um it's a pleasure to have you, man. This man right here, bro. <laughs> Alright, have a wonderful day, man. Peace out, live good. Um pleasure. A pleasure having you on the show. Uh, yes, I was looking at my shit. Not you. <laughs> Alright, peoples. And that was the homie, Mark, the go-to guy, the one that didn't flake. <laughs> it was always a pleasure. And like he said, there's definitely going to be hella collaborations going forth. Just wonderful to see him on the show. Wonderful to see him on the show. Um, Keeping it with Honda, though. Moving on with Max Verstappen, what exactly is his plans now that Honda is pulling out of the game? Shit, in my honest opinion, I don't know. I didn't see nothing pop up. Like, I didn't see nothing pop up on his page and nothing like that on Twitter or anything. So I have no fucking clue exactly where his mind is at. But I'm almost certain that there are going to be plenty of companies. If, if, if Red Bull doesn't get another manufacturer, well, they're probably definitely going to. But if Red Bull doesn't get another high performance not necessarily, not necessarily high performance but like if red bull doesn't get another manufacturer as great as honda i believe we're going to see him move we're going to see verstappen move to something a little bit more his taste i should say to something a little bit more aggressive and i feel as though in my honest opinion he would probably go to ferrari don't know why that's just what i'm thinking that's just what I'm thinking. 
<laughs> that was just a quick touch on that. But moving into the IMSA, for those of you that don't know what that is, it's the International Motorsports Association. That kind of seems self-explanatory, kind of, doesn't it? Um, sticking with Honda, though, but, you know, across the globe in the North American side. Um, a new president was announced for a Harla, Lilla, for Honda uh, performance development over here on the U.S. of A., David Salters is now replacing Ted Claus or Ted Klaus, I believe. Um, now, Ted Klaus had a substantial career with Honda. He's been, you know, I believe the president, not the president, but he's been uh, the head of a dozen programs. And he's, act he's actually had like a 30 to 35 year or so um, experience and, you know, actual substantial uh, work with Honda. Um performance development so i'm gonna just call him hpd it keeps it simple for me and now you know what it is and uh he's actually you know showcased and carried hpd into into indycar um you know high rankings in the indycar and he's also done plenty of things outside of that as well but uh david salters david saw his reputation precedes him so for the most part everyone believes that he's going to be a good fit uh as the uh, new president of the hpd um he has He's a veteran race engineer, for one, and he has uh, plenty of experience in Formula One and IndyCar. In Formula One, he worked, uh, he was the head of F1 development for Mercedes, and he was also doing something for Ferrari as well. I'm not sure what it was, but he was also doing something for Ferrari, top two big names in F1, and he was the head of, I believe, whatever organization he was tied to at that, whatever part of the organization he was tied to at that time. So definitely a substantial uh, reputation and a substantial force, uh, you know, behind him that can push him forward, uh, those two teams. And as well as on the U.S. of A soil, he has done plenty of stuff uh, in IndyCar. Uh, most notable is the um, Cosworth Racing um, program that he worked at for IndyCar. I'm not sure all the details of it i uh, don't work in indycar i don't know but uh he has uh, plenty of different uh people uh who will attest to his reputation and make sure that you understand that he is definitely the real deal and um honda is 1000 percent excited for the future which i don't really understand why they pulled out of f1 i'm still trying to wrap my head around that um, like Mark said, you know, they've been actually doing this shit for a long time, but I only caught wind of it recently. I, I haven't been deep diving into Honda, nothing like that. I've been more into all motorsports as a whole, so I haven't really had the time to really deep dive. And, uh, but, you know, Honda's obviously willing to to stay with um, organizations and keep pushing forward their agendas in those organizations. So most definitely we will be, if you if you watch Formula One, and you love Honda's death, you know, switch on over to IndyCar. It's not the same thing, but it's, no, nah, I can't say it's the same thing. It's really not. It's completely different aero and all that and dynamics and shit like that and different types of racing. So I, I'm, but if you miss Honda and you want to see them in some open wheel cars, feel free to hop over to uh, IndyCar most definitely. I'll, I'll be watching IndyCar. That's a fact. Um, sticking with IMSA, the next couple races uh, well, the next race actually occurs on October 10th, where I don't remember. <laughs> I have no fucking clue. Um, but you can catch it on MSN, on NBCSN. That's the NBC Sports Network. Um, 
Uh, I believe that starts around the a.m. It might be the p.m. Honestly, because it's American. It, yeah, it's in America, so it might be p.m. I'm almost certain it's the p.m. now because I feel like it's like six or eight p.m. or something like that. That's the main stage for most American events all the time. This is later on in the day when everybody's off for work and people is home eating supper. Uh, we don't do that shit at no seven o'clock in the morning like Formula One does, even though that's only seven o'clock on the east on our on our time. So I guess they do it as well in, in the middle of the day. So all right. Um, also road Atlanta is going to be happening in two weeks, or I should say in after this race weekend coming up and there we will see some new debuts. We will see some debuts from AOA racing. What is that? All out racing Sorry. from all out racing AOA. No, it's not all out, all out auto, all out auto racing. You will see plenty. Well, two debuts. Um, with that team, they are fielding a car. It's a, uh, a Audi RS3 LMS, and they will. There will be two new drivers: Gino Manley and uh, what's the guy's name? Let me look at my notes real quick. No, Gianno Torino. He will also be a uh, the other driver. Those two will be driving the Audi, and they will. I don't know. See what they can do. Uh, the team owner says that, you know, those two drivers are going places and their loyalty to the team is why I'm so excited. And honestly, I'm very excited, too. I love when I see new guys coming in and making their debut and showcasing that they actually have skill and talent. Um, it really puts their name in people's mouths, I guess. It really it really showcase they, it, they really have the ability to showcase their skill altogether. And from there, it's just about who takes notice. It's about who joins them in, in the actual fight and who joins them in the actual event and um i'm pretty certain that all that shit is gonna be uh fun and i i can't wait to actually watch this race i can't wait to check into the road atlanta and figure out um where these guys stand and, and how they actually perform um now the french gp is coming up not in formula one but I'm going to still talk about it a little bit. I'm, I'm going to talk about cars a little bit. I'm going to talk about the history of Le Mans. Just real quick. The stuff that I could think of off the top. Well, that I thought of off the top and then wrote down. Because I wasn't really going to take a deep dive into the history. I'll save that for an actually dedicated video. Uh, with, you know, overviews. Not overview. Voiceovers. <laughs> That's what it's called. It's a voiceover. And uh, I'll actually make a dedicated video. So tune into that. Or uh, tune in for that. I don't know when that's coming. Um... But uh, it was created in the streets of Le Mans, okay? Named after the river that it ran through, or the river that ran through it, kind of, I guess. Or the river that it was near. I'm not sure. This is just stuff that I remember from all the times that I've actually watched the race and actually did any type of uh, research for the race or anything like that. Damn, my bad. Um, Cirque de la Sarthe. Cirque de Sarthe. Cirque de Sarthe. Circuit de Sarth. I'm going to just call it Circuit because I'm not going to say Cirque de Sarth. Um, it was named after the river in Le Mans. Uh, now, it has a reach. A reach. It has a deep, re rich history full of innovation and um, epic stories. And honestly, which is a shame, unfortunate catastrophes. There have been plenty of crazy crashes. And um, I'm pretty sure... A lot of just, just 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 bad accidents and unforeseen events that have occurred on the track. Um, 
me, honestly, I'll talk about my history with Lamont. The first time I ever even heard of the track was playing Forza on Xbox 360 years ago. Um, that was the first time I ever heard of it, and ever since then, I fell in love with it from the like the actual layout of the entire of the entirety of the track, not just Bugatti Circuit, which is what I'm about to dive into, but um, the actual uh, the actual full stage circuit. I love that back straightaway. That was just, uh, just with that slight curve. That was uh, by far the best section because we used to just, because I used to just have long drag races there um, with people because we would just, we, we would, like, we would have actual races throughout the whole thing. But I'd be like, yo, meet me right here at the turn. And then we start up and go, and whoever gets to that turn first wins and that type of stuff. So um, that's just uh, where. We, that's just my history with it, and then from there, you know, I've I've actually watched races and actually seen different um, events take place and take fold. Anyway, um, now twenty four hours of Le Mans is, is is truly a test of dedication. I should say twenty four hours of Le Mans is a ultra marathon race that's legitimately twenty four. Like it's it's it takes up the entirety of the day. Uh, it usually has multiple drivers. Uh, it's a it's it's like the epitome of endurance racing in my personal opinion, and it really tests the fortitude and mental toughness of these drivers and um and the will as well. The will to continue, the will to keep pushing the car as well. You know what I'm saying? After a while, you start getting fatigued with driving. You know what I'm saying? Um, you start getting not tired of driving, but you start getting tired of being behind the wheel in general. And with these guys, they're they're fully focused and fully attentive, and that drains a lot of energy uh, throughout that racing lap after lap after lap. So testing that 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 will to continue and keep pushing the car and keep and keep pushing is by far one of the most exciting things to watch, especially with the to- with all the different categories that it has running on that track at one period and at one point in time. It's fucking amazing. And, uh, of course, the top thing that I've seen ever since, uh, I've, ever since I knew what a Ford GT was when I was, like, seven, (laughs) um, the 1966 Le Mans, uh, where Ford beat Ferrari, the reigning champions, and, um, you know, created a monumental, uh, uh, just a paramount journey for American motorsports. That's when, you know, we really put... America on the on top for the uh for the GT type type category especially with you know cars like the Ford GT and uh now there's now Corvettes and stuff like that is is designed that way too you know shit, shit like that all that stuff came out of that win that 1966 win so uh thought I should just point that out <laughs> so chalk one up on a damn Jesus so chalk one up on a board for American Motorsports um now as the track aged Many people wanted a dedicated section for just testing and uh, and prep and stuff like that, but um, instead what they did was create you know an entirely different track uh, out of the track that was already established. Because you know setting up and cutting into the entire city is by far an economical <laughs> blunderbuss, but um, you know it it, it doesn't really matter. Simply because the fact you know that brings in a lot of people, brings in a lot of um, money and stuff to the area, but and for the most part, blocking off the streets and stopping businesses and all that stuff ain't ain't the greatest. Where every time you want to test some, every time you want to test the track out or anything like that, they can't do it year round or nothing. So what they did was they compacted the entirety of the track, 
and they created different sections out of shit. They used every space they could, even sections of the parking lot. And now we have what is named after Ettore. I'm not trying to say his name, but named after Bugatti himself, the Bugatti Circuit, which is where the French GP, MotoGP French GP, is going to take place. And I cannot wait. That's coming in next week, and I will definitely be watching it. So definitely tune in because I will be bringing you an, a, a, a total recap of the show, honestly. I will be bringing you an, an, an entire recap of, of everything that's going on. Um, next is uh, shit. Yeah, so basically, they didn't want to impede on the public, and that's why that track was created, and um, I'm just waiting on the French GP, man. I, I lost my train of thought thinking about these bikes. Um, shit, but who do I think is going to win? Honestly, I don't know. I don't know. This is going to be a quick little prediction. Who do I think is going to win the French GP at Bugatti Circuit? If I had to be honest with you, probably Vinales. Because Vinales has been at the top every time. Or, or no, he hasn't been at the top every time. He finished in ninth at the Catalan GP. Oh, that recap is coming next. Don't go nowhere. Um, but I feel like Vinales, if he actually gets a good start and he doesn't get uh, held up like he did in the previous race, um, he's, he's definitely going to be top three. Uh, I definitely feel like he's going to definitely be in, in the front for um, one. And Quartarero, after bouncing back, is I feel as though he's definitely going to be in contention for a top spot. But um, if I had to say it, I think it's going to be a Yamaha, Suzuki, Yamaha type of situation uh, for that uh, for the actual event. I don't know who is going to be on it, but I feel as though Vinales and probably Rins is gonna be in, in that in, in those in that contention spot, honestly. Or if not Rins, then Mur. Uh, I feel as though those 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 three, or nah, not even not even Rins. Mur more most likely than not. Um, Vinales and probably Quartararo. That's that's how I'm going. So Mur first, Vinales second, Quartararo in uh in third. Um, but like I said last week, I told you I'd be going over a complete Catalan GP or Premi Grand Premi Monster de Catalunya GP. <laughs> I don't feel like saying all that shit, so I'm gonna just say uh, the what I what I what, the Catalan GP. That that's just what it's called on the on you know everything. So I'm about to dive into that because I did say I was going to bring you a recap. And here it is. I'm bringing you a recap. Fabio Quartararo comes back in awesome, awesome fashion. Okay. And, of course, Suzuki had their first double uh, double podium finish in first time since, like, 2007. That's just the overview. Now we're going to dive into it. Franco Morbidelli gets an outstanding start. Okay. I took wild notes. Wild notes because i remembered everything because i was so invigorated with this race and seeing quarterero actually succeed but morbidelli had an outstanding start whole he had the whole shot i believe no i'm not sure if he had the whole shot but he had an outstanding start all right and he was pushing and pushing but of course like always there's a big mix-up in lap in lap one and probably turn one turn two in that area and guys go down Okay, Divizioso, out of the race. Um, Johan Zarco, out of the race. Okay, 
um, right at the beginning. Off of the opening lap, it was Yamaha 1, 2, and 3. Took up all three positions, okay? And it went that way for a long fucking time until Rossi crashed out in lap 16. Where did he crash out, though? In that same fucking drama area at the beginning of the damn race, in that lap one, in the turn one, turn two area. Um, he crashed out, slid out. That was a bad sight to see. I hope every, I'm pretty sure he's okay and he'll be able to compete in the French GP. So, shit. I, I, but I feel, but I mean, from our predictions, I feel like, though, he's pretty, he's probably going to finish fourth. He's probably going to finish fourth. That's just the way I see it. He hasn't been able to, to, to close out races. He hasn't been able to do that. He's definitely puts up the pace at the beginning, but he doesn't, he's not able to close out races right now. And it's sad to see, but it's a thing. Um, next now we all know, well, not, we all know, but I know Suzuki's late race pace by far super outstanding. You know, it, it, it came in handy beautifully for the Suzuki boys. Um, Johan Murr, Alex Renz, the two Suzuki boys. Where am I? <laughs> right. They had crazy gains in time on Quartarero because their pace was that much better. I mean, these two guys were performing like not, I don't want to say never seen before, but they were performing like crazy and actually executing and showcasing that they can catch up to whoever they want to. It don't matter. And I'm all here for, I mean, Cordero's lead was disappearing by like a half a second every lap. And not even, probably even more than that. Probably even more than that for, you know, for every lap. You know what I'm saying? And they was about to catch his ass. They was about to catch. Boy, if there was one more, if there was one more lap, Fabio, you wasn't going to get that victory. You wasn't, I, Murr would have Murr would have been on your behind and he would have had that. He would have had that overtake. It would have definitely been way more of a battle than it was. Obviously, it was still a fantastic battle, but it would have been way more of a battle uh, than it was. He would have actually had to really fend off. Oh, no, he did. He did have to fend off. So, even then, matter of shit, if you had a couple more turns, <laughs> Fabio, you wasn't going to get in that win. You wasn't going to get that win. Um, but, of course, you know, uh, you mean... Quartero kept his composure, and uh, he actually held off and did everything he needed to to pull away with that victory, uh, which is you know definitely well deserved and a uh, long time not a long time coming, but uh, it's been a, it's been a minute. Um, now yo, he's now I think back as I think he's first for the championship points. Quartero. Um, now uh, Johammer is now second overall with this win. Um, he's a good bit of points somewhere. But uh, the real story between, you know, the Suzuki boys is Alex Renz pulling out his coming. What did he do? He overtook 10 places. He overtook 10 places. So started off in 13th, came. No, started off in 12th, came back to pull off with a. Okay, no, 13th. Yeah, started off in 13th, came back to pull off with a third. That's by far. That's pretty fucking remarkable to do all that. Then obviously people crashed out. But um, to do all that within the race. Props to him. So I definitely feel like Alex Renz is going to be at the top uh, for the next uh, for the French GP. Obviously, now going into uh, Quartararo's home in, in in France, he's going to want to put on a show for his peoples. I don't think any fans are going to be admissible, but um, he's definitely going to be a uh, he's definitely going to be trying to put on a show. So it's it's, it's going to be a fantastic battle. I can't wait. 
Um, now Suzuki, of course, was celebrating in the paddock when you know they got the 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 double the double podium. Um, you know, there's actually like a clip of them actually like celebrating the shit. So it's fucking remarkable. It was it was dope. And um, Vinales came in ninth after the uh, first lap mix up. He had to you know keep fighting and keep fighting, but guys weren't giving no leeway, and uh, he did what he could. But he finished off with ninth. But um, top seven, Fabio Quadrero. One, Johan Murr, two, Alex Renz, third, Morbidelli in fourth. He actually had the lead at the beginning, but that got taken away like that. Or not like that, but that got taken away fairly quick around half the race, halfway through the race or, or something like that. Uh, Jack Miller in fifth, Francesco Bagnahe, my guy, my dude, my boy. I'll be looking at him for, you know... <laughs> Outstanding performances. Actually, there's some news on him. He actually, I believe he just signed with Ducati. Francesco Bignahe signed, I believe, just signed with Ducati, if not early on today, but earlier on this week or something. Or uh, or uh, in the latter part of last week, I'm pretty sure he just signed with Ducati. So, I mean, I might dive into that more, but I feel as though that covers everything uh, for the tw- for the next season. So cannot wait to see that because Ducati has those very highly powerful bikes on the straights. And I feel as though, you know, Francesco is, is going to be able to use that to his advantage. Um, and uh, seventh place in the Catalan GP was Takami Nakagami. I have nothing to say about him. <laughs> That's, that's really all I could say. I really don't have nothing to say about him. Um, next, we're going to jump into the NHRA. That's the National Hard Rod Association. Uh, for those of you that don't know, that's just drag racing. Um, I just want to talk about the qualifying. Uh, Tony Schumacher, top fuel. Obviously, I'm pretty sure they probably might have had the race already. But I only care about the, the qualifying simply because of the fact that we're just going to take a quick look into it. Okay. Um Schumacher was all, you know, ready to go. Lights were good. But, uh, you know, weather conditions in the, at the track that they were at in, I believe, St. Louis uh, was limiting. Okay. Not only to him, but to everyone at the event. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You can't drag race on a wet track. You know, that shit need to be dry. So, um, or at least sort of dry, you know. And so um, the uh, NHRA... Safety team. I'm going to just call them safety team because I'm not going to say safety safari. Uh, their safety team shut down cars for a few hours uh, and then just spent most of the time just drying out the track and uh, making sure that things were good uh, for the actual passes and the actual qualifying runs. Now, as soon as they were able to go, Schumacher, without missing a beat, without missing a beat, secured the top qualifying spot hands down and showed everyone, showed all these other teams that they need to bring their A game, or that they needed to bring their A game. I don't know if the race actually happened yet. I didn't look into that. But if it did, definitely listen in next week. I'll be talking about all that shit. Not only top fuel, but all the events that happened. You know, funny car, pro stock, all that stuff. Um, And he, he actually had a wonderful accomplishment. Schumacher had a wonderful accomplishment. Sealed his top qualifying spot by having a 3.680 second run. At 332.92 miles per hour. You know how fast that is, my nigga? <laughs> I probably shit myself going that damn fast. Like, I ain't never drive. Like, the fastest I went probably like 150, 157, 167 around there. But mainly because 
I don't have the type of cars that these guys drive is is insane, insane. Um, but that was the the 332.92 miles per hour uh, was a new world ride technology racetrack record, speed record, sorry, speed record. And um, like I said, more updates coming next week on the actual race as well as you know uh, all the other events. And Schumacher as well. He's you know Tony Schumacher is one one of my favorite uh, next to John Force. So um. People that I'd love to see. Um, and also someone in uh, motorcycle racing. I don't know if he's still doing it now, but it's someone that I actually saw. The person that actually got me into motorcycle drag racing was not only the whoever the fuck Spider-Man was, but Ricky Gadlis. Checking in him, uh, African-American rider. Normally, I think he rides a Kawasaki. I don't know. His colors is Kawasaki green, so I'm just assuming. <laughs> anyway. Um couple things more things i want to touch on is everything is going electric i don't know if anybody's seen this but definitely check into it there's a new extreme series that's coming of just uh like like e basically it's like you know the the vehicles that be going in the sand dune races and all that stuff and the off-road and stuff that type of it's that's now electric too they're doing testing on those electric vehicles now i've seen the video in my personal opinion that shit looks slow I think they got to do something else with, with the power output or however it's done or give it a, a different cap and top speed and, you know, whatever. And the kilowatts. So I, I don't know electric, you know, jive and, and talk, but it, it looks slow as shit. I don't know if they slowed down the video or what, but it it, it, it just looks slow as shit. Um, big name, a big name, <laughs> Valtteri. Obviously, there's, there's an actual article about this, but I didn't actually get it from the article. I think I got this from Twitter. I got it from Twitter, and I wanted to check into the article, but I was running out of time, so I wanted to make sure that I could come back here and and, uh, and actually do the actual video um, and get this out because, you know, it does come out on Tuesday. But um, something like that is, is Valtteri stepping in to do that type of stuff. And I'm sure they had not only Valtteri, but I just think that's that's the biggest name that's willing to actually put their name out there. But I'm sure they've had top, you know, off road and, and, and drivers, you know, take take a hold of that shit and actually do what's necessary to test it and to give them uh, you know, good feedback on what they should improve on and from the looks of the video, speed. Uh, you know, but aside from that, there's Moto E. Granted that's only like six or seven events and it just started last year but it's model e you know what i'm saying it's it's e it's electric <laughs> and i'm definitely feel like it is going to be way more prominent in the coming years um rally electric i talked about that in one of my previous episodes as well definitely check into that if you don't know um you know they hosted their first rally uh electric rally cross ken block racing and that shit um, he even did testing in one of his in one of the cars. He was he was testing and actually practicing with a with a fully electric uh Ford, I believe, or Ford body style, whatever, something like that. I don't, I think, I, I think, <laughs> but he was definitely testing in a full uh electric rally car, and I don't know what to say to that. I I kind of just want to check it out and see what's going on with that. Um, next of course we have um. Formula E, that's way more prominent. Obviously, uh, Formula E is is probably the largest electric 
event going on. So, you know, I expect a lot of people to know what that is. And I have talked about Formula E altogether before. Um, Formula E is definitely an, an out, an, an a standout uh, for racing in general. And everyone knows about the prowess. Now, everything moving in that direction, how on earth does it affect motorsports in a whole or how on earth does it expect you know does it affect everything related to automobiles and i feel as though you know racing is is always going to be there racing is always going to be entertaining there's always going to be those people who use petrol who use gas who use oil but with this new set i feel it's going to pull away from the people on who use the petrol and all that stuff in the actual motorsports events because they're now using, like, hybrid engines and all that stuff. Obviously, these engines are just now being introduced, so there's way more hiccups, and these shits are complicated to understand for, you know, regular engineers and stuff like that. Unless you're the actual person who built the damn thing. <laughs> Most people don't know, you know, you know, uh, ass from the elbow. I, I, I don't know if that's the same, but whatever. But with everything moving in that direction, you know... Uh, cars nowadays are being electric. Um, obviously, the great, the biggest name out of that is Tesla. Or um, there's a bunch. There's the Ford, um, the Mach E, the Mustang, which ain't really a Mustang. And now they're making the electric Ford F one fifty. I would love that shit. I don't know where I charge it at, but I would love that shit. Um, and they're also doing the. Um, you know, Ford was actually, Ford, you know, is my favorite company altogether, so, Ford Motor Company, if you listening or anything of that nature, holla, I don't know, um, but, uh, it's, it, it actually was one of the first, first companies to, to, to go out there and actually mass produce a hybrid, uh, vehicle, uh, that, um, the uh, one of the the Ford Escapes, I think 2009 or some shit, had a hybrid engine in it, not on, not the, you know, I think it was Toyota at the time, but then Ford, Toyota with the Prius and then Ford or whatever. And um, they actually uh, implemented one of the first systems that uh, allow for a car to not exclusively be petrol, basically, and not exclusively be gas. Um, I say petrol as if I'm from fucking Britain or some shit, but not exclusively be gas, basically. So it doesn't it doesn't run exclusively on uh conventional engine there's also some type of um electric battery powered system working in there as well um honestly i i i love the sound of i love the sound of a roaring v8 i love the sound of 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 muffler noise i love the echo and i love the bangs that you hear Listening to a car run down track, and I love that that fade that you hear as well. But electric is taking over, and I'm here for it, man. You know, time to save the world, obviously, and I'm here for it. I'm I'm game for electric. I obviously don't know how to work it and can't diagnose any problems that I would have if I were to do electric stuff. So I I don't I don't know it'll it'll take a different skill or not a different skill but it'll take definitely a whole lot of uh, practice and testing and all that stuff to actually for for drivers to actually convert to that system so so they'll actually be able to help their team out in terms of diagnostics or anything like that so 
when those guys are able to um, fully grasp the uh, electric system that they drive, then and only then will Formula E uh, and uh, anything electric actually be, you know, prominent. But until then, or until it's forced upon them, it'll be petrol, gas, conventional shit, or, well, now it'll be hybrid stuff that's being used. Um, now, in conclusion, I feel as though with Mark being on the show, I should, I, I damn, I guess I should talk about uh, why on earth I actually made the show how it is. Now, I, I apologize for earlier because there were some technical difficulties and I did have to result to uh, going away from my actual microphone and everything like that. But um, why I created this show in, this for, in the first place. I created the show simply because of the fact that I just wanted to talk about classic cars. That's how the show originally started. If you go back to the early episodes on the show on the uh, on this, uh, this was originally Let's Talk Cars, where I would talk classics, just give you specs and stuff like that. It was basically just a mini podcast or a micro podcast or whatever or whatever it's called that um that was showcasing or just talking about the specs and um, basically any classic car that I've ever been behind the wheel of or I've ever been in. Just talking about those specs because I had those types of conversations with the people that were driving them and um, or the people that owned them or whatever. I don't own classic cars. I don't have that type of money. Them shits is classic cars. They cost hun- not hundreds of thousands, but they cost like fifty thousand, sixty thousand dollars, and I don't I don't have that to just spend. But if I did, I most definitely would, and I would keep driving them. <laughs> that seventy Plymouth Roadrunner. Ah, oh, that's my baby. Um, but um. That's that's how that's why I created this show in the first place. Uh, as I you know spent time continuing to do those types of episodes, I found myself running out of material because all that stuff was based off of stuff that I've driven, and it was based off of stuff that I've actually spent time with, and I you know didn't necessarily have a schedule set to where I could just go and spend time with cars and actually be behind the wheel and listen to them and and actually see how the engine work and 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 actually listen to it run and sit there and watch it run or take it on the highway stuff like that. I didn't have that type of schedule. I don't have that type of luxury. I don't have the type of money. So I found myself running out of content and I took a nice deep hiatus trying to figure out how I could continue uh showcasing motorsports or how I can continue showcasing um cars and I figured, "Hey, fuck it. Why not bring it into the realm of something that I watch consistently of something that I damn near tune into every weekend, uh, when the seasons are, are there. And I figured, Hey, with this stuff going on, you know, people, uh, and I, I mean, there's, there, there was a lot of inspirational posts, you know, with, uh, with, uh, Siri and all that stuff, listening to you. <laughs> there were a lot of inspirational posts that popped up talking about, just do it. Uh, talking about, um, you won't know, you know, don't knock it till you try it. You won't know unless you actually do it. So I figured this would be the perfect time to actually uh, sit and, and, and do what I and, and create the show and actually do it the way that I'm doing it now. And um, originally there wasn't a video aspect. Honest, I was never going to create a video aspect, but I figured that I wanted to, to actually I had this YouTube channel for a while and I wanted to. You know, I started it off as just a conversation, just a conversation type shit, giving advice um, of stuff that I learned or or giving some type of inspirational shit that I that I could provide. 
Um, I'm usually good at that. I'm pretty good at. I'm I'm a I'm a conversationalist. I like I like having conversations. Um, I mean, obviously that with Mark was a little a little bit more like an interview. Um, you know, this is my first time actually bringing anybody on the show and actually conversing with somebody outside, like trying to be semi-professional. Um with it you know and um so excuse me if i wasn't the greatest conversationalist in that one but obviously as i get as i get better at this as i get more comfortable and as i probably hopefully bring more people to the show uh you'll 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 start seeing things going a little bit better and a little bit um more smooth and more uh constant and once i figure out my technical shit as well you know i actually have stuff charged and all that stuff it will definitely continue to run even smoother um and of course, last but not least, um, I, I guess why I introduced the video version. I introduced the video version simply because I wanted a visual with the show. Um, you know, I always I, this was always a, a, a thing of mine. I've done podcasts with my people, with you know friends before, and we've done podcast episodes, and we created visual and we created actual videos. So. And that was usually way more receptive than just the audio version. Obviously, there's still an audio version. Definitely feel free to check into that. But um, that was just the, the way that it was going. Hey, babe, how you doing? <laughs> um, I'm wrapping up, so just give me a second. Um, that's about it for the show, though. You know, I is I just wanted to finish off with why I created the show. You know, I created it simply because I wanted to inspire other people to talk about cars, and uh, mainly people of you know my ethnicity to talk about cars and to talk uh, motorsports altogether. That's just the way that I felt about the show. Obviously, this video version I never thought I would actually do, but now I feel like I I need to do it, and I feel like I need to keep pursuing it because this is what's kind of getting me a little bit more noticed now uh, across the lines of social media, where it's a it's a colored colored. Yeah, I, I'm gonna just stick with. I'm a, a black person talking motorsports. Okay, a black man talking motorsports. You know, some people are like, hey, damn, I gotta support it. I ain't never seen that, and honestly, I haven't either. So that's also a reason that I've been inspired to do it. That was the reason I started racing in general, simply because of the fact that I didn't see anyone like me doing that type of stuff, and I wanted to be. I don't want to say the first, but I wanted to be more of a role model for people uh, coming up or anyone coming up to have someone to look up to that's actually like them. You know, when you think about movies and stuff like that, you want to see representation. So I wanted to hopefully be that representation and let y'all know that you can talk motorsports. It's not just these European white people <laughs> that can talk motorsports. Um, although, y'all welcome to chat with me. If you want to chat with me, hit me up on my social medias. Hit me up on Twitter at the Big Ticket 07 We can have all the conversations you want there. Or I don't know, maybe you might be able to come on the show. Shit. But that's it for me. If you enjoyed the show or if you want to listen to the... Uh, if you want to listen to the audio version, definitely head over to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Links will be in the description. If you want to watch the YouTube version, the video version, head over to YouTube.com slash Tyreek Waldron. That's T-A-R-I-G-W-A-L-D-R-O-N. Or simply search Let's Talk Motorsports in the search bar. But links will be in the description for this video as well. So definitely, I just basically, just go over to the YouTube version. You'll find all the links to everything. Uh, that's all I really have to say for the show. Have a wonderful day. Peace out. And if you enjoyed, please rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, whatever you choose to listen to. If you're watching on YouTube, give it a like, drop a comment, and subscribe. Way more content to come. Ow. <laughs>